welcome back to the Not Your Mama podcast. This is your host, Kelly Bryant. And today we're talking about, we got a quickie. We're going to be talking about what to do when you hit a workout rut or kind of get into a funk with your workouts. Now, for our purposes today, I'm going to assume that you have an existing workout routine. If you don't have a routine and you need some guidance on that, hit me up. What are you doing? No, you want to get into my strong as a mother live program. I'm not currently marketing that or, or actively selling it, but if you feel like that might be for you again, it is a maintenance. Well, I won't call it a maintenance program. It is a strength building program for people who have already done postpartum recovery. So if you've already done your postpartum recovery, you just need someone to like kind of hold you accountable and you want to build muscle, you want to look lean and, you know, get just like a little bit jacked. That program is for you. Um, You can DM me on Instagram or Facebook and just let me know that you're interested in that program. I'll give you the down low. Now, if you already have a workout routine and you feel like you're hitting a funk, this is this episode is for you. We are going to get this done quick, and I will give you all the tips. This actually came up in my Strong as a Mother Live program, which I ask them to check in every single week, and I'm always so, so grateful for those check-ins because I can't help if I don't know what's going on, right? So it can feel a little awkward to be like, I'm not feeling these workouts, Kelly, but that's exactly what I need, right? So if you do work with a trainer, like tell them they should be receptive to that information because they can't do their job well if they're not getting feedback from you. So I got that feedback from someone who's been working with me for years. So of course we expect to hit a rut. And that's the first step is just normalizing. So failure expectation is, um, one habit of people who have a growth mindset. So if you are expecting to fail when you do, it doesn't mean the world is over. It can seem, you know, maybe that sounds like pessimistic failure expectation, but it's actually a very optimistic standpoint because it says, I know that there's going to be challenges and I know that I'm going to be able to overcome them. I'm planning to overcome them. If we aren't planning for failure, Oh God, that's, that was about to sound very cheesy. Then we are planning to fail um, because the, that's just reality, right? That's life. So first step is just normalize that it is very common to have ebbs and flows in our enthusiasm for exercise. So a certain type of exercise or exercise in general can start to feel stale. That's normal. That's acceptable. We're not worried about it. So that being said, let it be okay to just coast for a little while, right? So in my Strong as a Mother group, I ask them every week to kind of like rank how they feel like the week went, right? It's not like their goodness or badness. It's just like, on the whole, do you feel like you were successful or not successful this week? And I have them judge that on a scale of one to five. If you're consistently hitting a three out of five, you are going to be successful in the long run. And you're going to be much more successful at a consistent three out of five than you will be if you're bouncing back and forth. Two, four, one, five, like all over the place, you're not going to be able to make consistent gains. So a steady three out of five is a recipe for success. So when you are feeling like things are stale, let it be okay. Let yourself keep showing up with mediocre effort and you will get great results in the long term. Good makes great. Now, the next thing you want to do, so assuming that you do want to like resolve this, right? You're like, okay, I 
I will coast for a couple weeks, but I don't want to coast forever. I want to be excited about what I'm doing for exercise. Great. Let's solve. Let's problem solve around that. So you want to identify why you are feeling meh. And I generally find that there are three top reasons that people feel kind of black about their workouts. Boredom, mental boredom, or fatigue, or a lack of results. So again, boredom, fatigue, lack of results. If you're feeling bored, you just change things up, right? So you can change where, how, what, and why you are working out. So starting from where, just try doing your workout in a different environment, right? So a lot of the time, you know, especially as busy parents, it's like, this is where my workout equipment is. This is where my computer is. I log on. I do my workout right here all the time. If you're feeling like things are stale, we're getting, if you're listening in real time, we are getting into the warm part of the year. Take your workouts outside, you know, take your weights outside. I mean, choose carefully what workout you do outside. Um, but let yourself have a different environment. If you normally work out in a gym, go get like a guest pass or a free week or something like that at a different gym. Yes, you might have to change your number because they are going to ruthlessly follow up to sell you a membership. But if you're willing to take that chance, um, go try working out at a different gym. Just switch things up a little bit. Uh, Or if you can't do anything else, work out in a different room of the house, right? So maybe you normally work out in the living room. You've got like your preferred setup, your Apple TV and your screen mirroring and all of that in that room. Go to work out in your bedroom, right? Shut the door, light the candles, do a yoga workout in your bedroom. Just switch things up a little bit for your brain. This is, I think, especially relevant as we're kind of coming out of the forever pandemic. And maybe you haven't, like maybe you used to work out in a studio or a gym or something like that. And you haven't done that in a long time. Maybe. I'm just saying, you know, maybe like uh, the vast majority of my clients, you used to work out in a gym. And since the pandemic started, you like went into isolation and then had a baby and then stayed in isolation because cold and flu season. And then like one thing after another. And now it's been two plus years that you haven't kind of worked out in person in a facility. Maybe that's an option you want to explore totally up to you. If you are one of my clients, my Strong as a Mother live programs are completely flexible to do in front of a computer or not. You can do them on a PDF. Um, So you don't necessarily have to cheat on your trainer or your program. They work for you, right? So just like I said, I was like very honored that someone felt safe enough to say, hey, I'm not feeling this. Your trainer works for you. Let them know that you want more variety in the... um, implementation of your program. So this is the how, this is changing how you work out. So if you normally do videos, switch to a PDF. If you normally do remote training, see if you can do something in a facility, right? So can your trainer give you PDFs that you can go take to a gym so that you're not feeling like you're kind of always in the same place? If you normally, obviously, if you normally like do a written program, can you do videos instead? So that's just switching up the how or the implementation of your program. So again, we've covered where, we've covered how, the what. So this is very common with people who are like, I call it class passitis. If you're someone who normally bops around, you're like, I do title nine and then I do, or nine rounds, whatever whatever it's called. Um, 
and then I do bar and then I do yoga and then I do CrossFit and like you're used to kind of switching up modalities, that's not effective, right? So like in, in the big picture, if we zoom way out, if you're doing different things most of the time, you're not going to get the gains and the strength increases and all of that that you're looking for. However, in the short term, again, what did we say? A three out of five consistently is better than a five out of five. So in the short term, if you keep moving, but you opt to take a week and go do yoga or take a week and go try, like I said before, a trial membership of a bar studio or something like that, you're not in the long term going to screw up your gains because you're keeping yourself more consistent. So if you're able to stay consistent by switching up what you're doing, again, for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe even a month, you're gonna in the long term be better off because ultimately you stuck with something, you kept moving. So that even can improve your results, right? So if you're normally um, doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, the same kind of program or the same, you know, hopefully not the exact same program, but the same kind of program. If all you ever do is yoga, if all you ever do is bar, if you switch it up, you're actually probably going to see more growth and more um, improvement in skills from doing something else and then coming back to your bread and butter kind of thing. So that's the what, switching up what you're actually doing. And then last but not least for solving boredom, we want to look at the why. So are you still excited about your initial goal, right? I tend to see there's like a curve. I'm like doing this with my hands as if you can see me. There tends to be this, you know, kind of goal or success curve where you start out at the bottom, you have this big mountain to climb and you're like, oh my gosh, this massive thing I want to accomplish. And you start chugging up the mountain and you're working on it, working on it. And you're seeing these little wins the whole way toward your goal. And you're like, yes, this is amazing. This is so awesome. I want to keep going because I'm getting this little taste of success. Then you get to the summit and you have like mm, 30 seconds of like, yay, I did it. And then what? Then you're kind of just like, oh, now what? Right. And so maybe we kind of like can continue, whether it's a weight goal, an aesthetic goal, a strength goal, like we might be able to kind of rest on our laurels for a few weeks, a few months, and just be excited about that thing we achieved. But at some point, we're probably going to need something new to push us. So this is where, you know, depending on the client, I might say, is there an event you want to train for? Right. I will never. I mean, in my 33 years of life, I have never, ever wanted to compete in a 5K. I don't think that is coming for me. I don't think that day is coming. I I leave the door open, but I'm probably never going to want to train for a 5K. But maybe you do. Maybe that sounds exciting to you. Maybe you're like, like me, I can swim, but I've never learned proper swimming strokes. And so maybe you're like, I just want to like go take a class or lessons and learn proper swimming strokes and like learn how to lap swim, whatever. Maybe you're like, I want to get my pull up. I want to, you know, maybe there's like a, a skill that you want to, you want to learn how to do a handstand. So sometimes learning new skills can be the kind of fire, the excitement that we want to keep us going. So of course you may be 
on the other side of that curve where you're, you've got this big mountain to climb and you're not going anywhere. And that can be so frustrating. And let me tell you, that doesn't mean anything's wrong, right? So if you have some big goal that you want to accomplish, it's very normal for there to be kind of like a lag between when we start working toward it and when our body actually starts to visibly or measurably change. Because our body, you know, all the little synapses are firing, we're building new neural connections, we are actually learning how to do the new thing the whole time but you can't see it. You haven't accomplished it. So if you're starting to get into this kind of like self-defeating, like, oh, this is never going to go anywhere, or maybe you made progress and then you plateaued, finding a new why just temporarily, something kind of like an intermediary, let me distract myself from this other thing for a little while so that I can push through this plateau. And then I'll go back to my original goal. I'll go back to my original mountain that I want to climb. So that would be addressing the why to kind of resolve boredom. So that, again, the changing the where, the what, the how, and the why of your workouts can fix psychological or mental boredom. But there are other reasons that we might feel kind of meh about our workout routine. And I want to note here, you can have a combination of these. So it might be one of them is kind of creating the others. So the next reason that it tends to happen is physiological fatigue. So your body is actually too exhausted to keep making gains. So you are tired when it's time to work out. You feel like your body is taking a really long time to recover. Um, There are all kinds of other more severe signs like hair loss, things like that. That should really be a, a kind of indicator to you that there is something more going on, going on physiologically that may be, um, you know, kind of chronic stress, fatigue, your body's not getting enough recovery time. So if that's happening, obviously we want more recovery. Recovery doesn't have to just mean doing nothing. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to, I mean, I think all humans, but it's very easy for me to slip into all or nothing thinking where it's like, I'm either doing my program or I've fallen off my program and I'm doing nothing. We want to avoid that. So rather than saying, I, you know, I've discovered that I'm experiencing some physiological signs of fatigue. I'm not recovering appropriately, et cetera. I don't have the energy to do my workouts. I'm not continuing to get stronger for an extended period of time. That may be where you say, let me make my program a recovery program. So instead of saying, I'm going to just take a break from exercise, you say, I'm going to consciously choose to do things with my body that encourage recovery. So examples of that might be gentle, gentle stretching. So like possibly yoga, but I always hesitate to say yoga because I don't want you going and being like hot power yoga. Like, no, that's not recovery. (laughs) That's very exhausting to your body. But like gentle yoga, yin yoga, stretching foam rolling, hot baths, sauna, like things like that. Anything that's kind of, you're doing something with your body. Your body is getting an effect from it, but it is in general, a good guideline. Again, not always true with heat and cold, but a good guideline is you're lowering your heart rate by doing this activity as opposed to increasing your heart rate. You're not getting sweaty. You're not breathing heavy. You're breathing deeper. You're breathing slower. 
maybe you're going to, you know, instead of switching, instead of doing your workout programming, you're going to switch to a meditation program, right? So maybe you're like, I want to learn to meditate. I have a whole series in the online studio of how to meditate. I have a beginner's yoga series. So those could be ways to integrate more recovery activity so that you are able to still be on a quote unquote program, but that program is contributing to kind of resolving this fatigue issue. And obviously sleep. So you could make your program getting enough sleep, getting seven to nine hours of sleep. Um, That could be something, if you're a tracker, that could be something that you track and you check off. Or, um, you know, one that's been really interesting. I always love looking at the data in my, um, from my Apple watch on my sleep, uh, because I like to see like, oh, interesting this week on average, I've slept more or less than usual. Um, or I'm spending more time in bed, but getting less actual sleep that might indicate I have some, some stress in my waking, waking life. That's keeping me from sleeping well. Um, so that's, that's a great option to just make your program sleep oriented. Another component of fatigue and recovery is making sure that you're eating enough. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I'll say about that on today's show. I can definitely talk about that more. If that's something you're interested in, shoot me a message and let me know, but making sure that you're eating enough is going to influence whether or not you're feeling recovered or able to recover and build muscle and so forth. Um, and then last but not least, we have a lack of results. So a lack of results usually stems from or is in combination with one of the other two, right? So it's pretty unusual to not see results and also not be feeling bored or not be seeing signs of fatigue. But it happens. Sometimes you're like, I'm super excited. I'm gung ho. I'm pushing hard. I'm, you know, I feel really good and I'm just not getting any results. And that can definitely feel, um, self-defeating. It can feel really uninspiring, um, to be seeing that lack of results. So the first thing I want to say about that, I'll reiterate what I said earlier, which is just that when you are not seeing results, you are still making progress. You're just making progress that you can't see. Again, you're firing new synapses. You're building neural connection. You're teaching your body how to do a movement even before it's actually able to do it, right? So for example, let's say a pull-up. You want to do assisted pull-ups. You want to do pull-up negatives. That's where you kind of like use your legs to help you get up to the top of a pull-up and then release your legs and slowly lower down. You want to do these things that are letting your body experience the thing you're trying to do. In the case of strength, it's just using lighter weights building up to heavier weight. So you might sit stalled at the same weight forever and ever and ever. And then all of a sudden it just happens. You just, one day you walk in the gym, you pick up the heavier weight and it happens. So you're making progress even when you can't see it. And that's really important to keep in mind. Um, and then the other reasons that you might be seeing a lack of results, insufficient sleep, insufficient intake of food, specifically protein, um, not showing up and giving your best effort. That's a big one. So a lot of the time we're kind of like half-assing it and going like, oh, why am I not getting the results I want? You got to whole ass it, right? Before you can say that it's not working, you have to really give it your all. 
And something that I'll often do with my clients is if they're in a place where they are not seeing results, I'll say, how long can you tolerate this plateau? How long can you put up with this? Because often we don't have that line. We don't have that line in our head of like, okay, this is what's really unacceptable. So I'll give this example as weight loss, just because it's such a, um, a discreet and clear, you know, what? screw weight loss. I'll give this example as uh, a weight lift, right? So say you're trying to, you know, do a pull up and you're going in the gym, you're following your program, you're doing, you know, working on your pull up, maybe two, maybe three days a week, doing exactly what you're told to do. And it's, you know, maybe initially you couldn't do it at all. So there was little bits of progress, right? You could do it with a resistance band, you could do assisted, and then you could do it with less assistance and less assistance. And then you start working on a negative and then you plateau. And you start to think, okay, this is fine for a week. Maybe at two weeks, you start to get a little antsy. And you feel like every day, every time you go back in the gym, this should be the day that you can do it. It should be, right? Should, we're shooting all over ourselves. But no, that's not true. There is no day that it should happen. So normally when this when this comes up with clients, I'll say, how long can you tolerate being in a plateau without freaking out, throwing in the cards and deciding it's not working? And let's say this person's been in a plateau for two weeks. She might say, you know what? I could give it two more weeks. I could give it two more weeks and tolerate being in this plateau for a month and still keep showing up, right? We want to make sure that that's and still keep showing up. So you don't want to say like, I can put up with this for six weeks, but really you're going to get discouraged after two. You want to say like, okay, maybe two more weeks. Maybe you're like, I can't, I can't tolerate this plateau. That's where we go back to, maybe it's time to switch up your program. Maybe it's time to focus on an intermediary goal so that you're a little distracted from the pull-up for a while. But if you can tolerate waiting two weeks for, for it to click, then you're not going into the gym every workout and feeling disappointed, right? You've decided it's okay if it takes two more weeks. So if you go to the gym tomorrow and it doesn't happen, you're not expecting it to happen. If you go into the gym the next day and it doesn't happen, you're not expecting it to happen. If it takes another week, you're not. And so you've changed that expectation, right? Failure expectation. You've expected that this you know, plateau is going to happen. And then there's nothing wrong when you're in the plateau. So kind of switching, and it seems silly that the, simply the act of saying, I'm okay if it takes X, Y, Z, that's not going to make it happen any sooner or take any longer, but it changes your perception of it so that you are now not disappointed and frustrated when it isn't happening. So again, top reasons I see people get into a funk are boredom, physiological fatigue, and lack of results. That's how you address it. You want to address those things because it is rare that you can kind of white knuckle force yourself to keep showing up indefinitely through those issues, right? So first step, we want to normalize. We want to make it okay. We want to remind ourselves that a three out of five effort consistently is okay. But simultaneously, we might want to problem solve around it. And that's how you can problem solve those issues. So thank you for joining me for this quickie. I want to let you know if you are listening to this in real time this coming week. 
Strong as a Mother postpartum is going to open to new members. That is happening on April. Da, 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 da. 20, 20th, April 20th at noon Eastern. Strong as a Mother will be open to new members. You want to make sure you're on my newsletter and or following me on Instagram to get the notification when that happens. I would love if you are currently anywhere from like one to two weeks postpartum to one to two years postpartum, but haven't done any kind of recovery yet, any focused core pelvic floor work, this program is for you. It's excellent if you actually have any kind of diagnosed issue like diastasis recti, pelvic organ prolapse, any kind of pelvic pain issues, core dysfunction, anything like that. It's a really good option, but I also recommend it and I am doing it myself despite not having any issues and simply being postpartum, right? So I'm currently almost eight weeks postpartum. I'm currently on week four going into week five of this recovery program. It's so good. I'm loving going through it despite the fact that I know, you know, I I made it, I wrote it, I know what's in there. Um, It's been really, really fun to go through it again um, and feel myself getting stronger every week. Um, And I want that for all of you. So I would love to see you inside strong as a mother postpartum. If you are interested, make sure you go get on the newsletter, um, get on my email list so that you get notified when that happens. And if you are listening to this after the fact, uh, doors will close on the 27th, I want to say. So if you are hearing this and it is too late, go ahead and go to kellybryantwellness.com slash strong dash as dash a dash mother. And if uh, registration is closed, then there will be a wait list up for the next round. So go ahead and get on the wait list for the next round. All right. I always feel a little weird signing these off because I feel like I should be like, all right, love you. I love you. Bye. All right. Bye guys. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening. Any of the resources mentioned in today's episode will be available in the show notes. So go ahead to your podcast app and open up the show notes, or you can find them right on my website. And I would be so grateful if you would share today's episode with a friend. So just go back to your podcast app, hit the share button and send the link over to someone who you think would benefit from this. And lastly, if you want bonus brownie points, you can go rate and review the podcast. This helps new subscribers find us and get some awesome benefits from listening to today's episode. Thanks again for being here and have an awesome week.